We've got chair squeaks. <laughs> I bet chair squeaks too much. You could get one of these chairs. Yeah. Let's give you the nice chair. That's all right. Let's get from the back. <laughs> all right. A love for God, a love for the church, and a humble and teachable heart are all keys to being a successful worship leader. But without skill, it's difficult to lead the church. Today we'll talk about some ways to help your team grow in skill. Thanks for joining us for the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, the ministry of worshipleadertoolbox.com. No matter the style, size, or situation of your church, we're praying these practical ideas might encourage and inspire your leadership in your local church and with your team. If you have any thoughts or questions, please reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. Welcome. So glad to have you listening today. We're investing this episode number 84 in discussing some ways to help increase the skill level of yourself and those on your team. So Tim, before we get to this list, give us a practical reason, some background for this list of ideas. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Glad we get to do this podcast today. And a couple things come to mind about this idea of making sure that um, you're helping people grow in skill. And one is that I've heard a lot of leaders quote something like this, organizations don't drift toward excellence. They drift toward complacency. Like the easiest thing for an organization to do is just kind of drift into an easy place to be as opposed to a path of growth. And, um, and success isn't found there. It's only found when we are stretched. So for the worship leader or any leader, really, it's good to expect a lot, but have to only demand a little. So this idea of helping your people grow in skill, if you kind of go with a attitude of demanding that they get better, well, that's not going to be well received. But if you have a high expectation, then you don't have to really demand that much because people just live into that. So you give your people a challenge, help them, you know, have a sense of success through, through accomplishing and growing together. And I guess a second reason for this list is that I've been grateful to be challenged over the years to grow in skill. And so I've seen the benefit of it firsthand. And and everybody has to some degree, you know, coaches, teachers, parents, leaders. But a couple specific times I remember from my own life was about six, seven years ago now, I did a coaching, a year-long coaching for worship ministry with uh, Journey Church in New York. Huh. And... um and one of the challenges, it was, it was, you know, pretty simple, was just to read a book every month, two books every month before we had our coaching conversation. And out of that, and through the inspiration of these leaders, I basically picked up a habit of reading about a book a week for, you know, all these years since. And so that was an opportunity to grow in skill. It wasn't exactly music skill, but it was stuff about leading your ministry. Mm-hmm. And then the other specific example, which worship leaders may experience on a regular basis, is that um, there have been times when whoever's preaching at our church for that week will say, oh man, this song would be awesome. Could you do this song? And so we have to basically sometimes almost last minute, maybe, you know, just a few days notice, pull up a new song and learn it. And, um, that requires, you know, skill of, uh, quick learning or the part that maybe you've never played before, or just learning the melody or whatever that is. And I know for the worship, you know, team members, that happens a lot. You know, they're always getting a song like, oh, I never heard this and I better learn it. And so um, that, that helps you helps you stay stretched. So does anything come to your mind about, about that type of stuff of the reason for helping people grow in skill? Yeah. Um, in my own 
personal life, um, electric guitar has been a thing in the last year or two. I uh, picked that up, and I have some students that wanted to learn it, so I figured I need to uh, to learn it. And uh, but really, in my own growth, besides besides the classes um, in in worship, it's um, uh, challenging. <laughs> I, I come from a, a acoustic background with uh, just rhythm and maybe a little finger picking on the slow songs or something. But this idea that you're going to play, this is what I tell my students: you play less notes and you play them louder. <laughs> that's that's the key to electric. But um, it was kind of scary for me. The first time I, I brought the electric up on stage, um, didn't really know what to expect, but it, it, it turned out okay, and it's been a pretty good little journey. Uh, I found that in my research, most of electric guitar for worship, um, if you if you know U2 songs, then you know worship. Is that right? There's there's a lot of memes <laughs> about that out there, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at least for the, uh, the tones yeah. and the effects and different things. Hey, well, that's that's awesome. And um, for anybody who may be joining us on this podcast and and uh, don't know, my name is Tim Price. This is Dave John. And we're actually first cousins in a long line of cousins on that side of the family, about 30 of us total, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, or somewhere in there. We kind of lose track when they get toward the end. But um, the other thing is, is that this is the first time, Dave, we've actually sat in the same room. We've yep. always done virtual recordings. And so... Who knows what this is sounding like, but right. <laughs> as long as we have both, I was going to check though, we cut out if we want, we're going to leave it in here, but just to make sure my number one button was on too, one and two. Yeah. Both okay. the levels are doing their thing. Awesome. Well, it's cool to sit in the same room with you and it's fun. And, um, Hey, um, if, if there's any, what do they call them? Audio files, the guys that are all about tech and everything. If they want to know, this is a, um, an H6 handy recorder by, uh, the zoom mm-hmm. corporation. And we've got, uh. And it's so confusing because um, uh, Zoom recordings come out on your computer as Zoom, which right. is similar to all the recordings that come out from videos of Zoom. And so yep. I've been confused the last two years, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I just assume they're the same company. They're so big. I don't think they're the same. It's just that brand. So, Well, the part of – that's well number one. <laughs> well, the part of the role of the worship leader is to help develop the church to grow in ministry. Each of these ideas will help you as the leader to equip others grow in their skill as leaders of worship. And the first one is increase expectation. Yeah, expectation always raises the level. And um, when we pull out like a difficult song, as I mentioned before, it requires extra time of learning, which raises the expectation. Just throwing out a difficult song and or you know a, a difficult solo part or a rhythm and saying something like, um, hey, I know this is going to be tough. Take a listen to this. Get as close as we can type thing. That helps just build ex- expectation, and other things, um, you know, kind of bring it into reality. the The idea that you want people to get better, they're not going to get better if you just have the same sort of songs and kind of just show up on Sunday and hope. But if you can get it to them two or three weeks early with with that just that simple email of "Hey, on this particular date coming up, we're going to do this song, and I want to get to you early so you could really learn the part." That that simple sentence in an email and a file builds the expectation. And it's not just ministry music-wise. It's also inviting people to lead in prayer or learn a new aspect to the ministry, like uh, helping to schedule or take a section for a while. We had one drummer schedule the drummers and one, um, you know, each each of the people take their, their role. Or to, um, you know, increase their skill of dealing with people or being on time for rehearsal. It's not really a skill, but it's a habit and... All those things, if we expect them to do, you'll be surprised how, how much they do. And 
and all all this is kind of tied to the idea that um you know if we had a focus here it's, it is on music because like we said at the start there is a lot that goes into being a worship leader however if you can't pull off the music and your skill level isn't there then at some point you're not going to be effective like you even though uh heart is more important than musical skill the skill still has to be there and so you want to grow that side you want it to kind of be balanced and equal and that's just a, a part of the whole ministry. I think if I was ever going to have um, tryouts, if our church ever grew to the point where we had too many people to just everybody be in, um, I think I would make them play uh, a Getty song without a click track and see how they do. <laughs> <laughs> With the, the, the different timings, the different uh, time signatures in those. That's a good idea. That'd be good. Uh, <laughs> I hope the Gettys hear some of these podcasts where we talk about how yeah. difficult their songs are at times. Sometimes they're really simple. And we could have a whole podcast on Getty songs. Yeah. But but the great thing is, is they're so good. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I enjoy them. It's just the timing. Is, and, and if you're not the one, you know, if you're playing uh, acoustic on um, their most popular one, I forget what that one is. Um, um, you can time it how you want to and your singer will, uh, kind of, you kind of follow your singer. Or if you're the singer and the player, that's that works good. But when you have the full band and everybody is trying to keep in track, that's when it gets a little bit challenging to me. Mm-hmm. Hey, but another direction that we could write down is the idea that um, you mentioned if you ever get to a point where you can't include everybody and you would have auditions to choose who. Um, that is interesting season because at some point mm-hmm. when a church first is starting worship ministry, it's like, come on, come all, we need you. Yeah. Then at times it's difficult to transition because now the culture has been, hey, we need you. It doesn't matter where you're at on the skill level. We just need your heart and your your willingness. Yeah. And then the church grows a little bit, more musicians show up. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to make that change from the people who are willing, but not necessarily really gifted. Uh, um, I imagine there's some hurt feelings in there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it depends on how you leave it. Yeah. But it, yeah, that's just a little tidbit. Yeah. Well, number two is provide resources. And this makes total sense that we would help people grow on skill. One of those resources is planning center online where they can actually, you know, listen to the, files the you could transpose the key so that people can actually practice along with the track if you've raised it up a notch or taken it down a notch and just scheduling the team so they know in advance when they're going to be there and what's going to happen another website we use is worshipartistry.com and it's also a really great place totally focused on skill because they take all the top modern songs and they put together tutorial videos and chord charts and everything you need to uh, basically play along with them. And in fact, they'll have people on there. Have you ever seen that website? There's... I've not seen that one. I'm going to write that one down. Um, I've been going to worship tutorials, and um, they. I was just. Um, I have a, a student that's learning worship, electric guitar, and we 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 watched together a walkthrough of um, uh, gratitude, uh, the electric part on that, and watched and changed the pedals and, and um, all that. And uh, that was that was really insightful. Yeah, and they um, those those guys will just you know it's got a shot over the drummer, and they just break it down the intro, chorus, bridges, all that stuff, and so it, it's really amazing. And so providing those type of resources, even if you do have to subscribe or something and spend a little money, is going to help your church in the long run mm-hmm. and other churches as your people kind of come through and fade out. I imagine having a um, an instructor of sorts. Uh, to be able to help with with most most of the instruments would probably be helpful too, kind of a general. Hey, if you want to come and learn, I'll teach you, and eventually you'll be uh, in a place where you could join the group. 
um, or oh yeah, you're talking about in the church, yeah, and and some of that is like a uh, some of that is really like a long type game like Mm -hmm. mindset of because that most often works well with younger Mm -hmm. people, not necessarily always. There's some older people that benefit from like opportunity, but the intensity of that you really have to be at a spot where you have a lot of time to invest in those folks. Yeah, but I have learned. I mean, our our worship band in the '90s started because we had free guitar lessons one month here. Nice, like. So I know that people are attracted to that idea. Nice. And so I have a bit of a vision for, for our church with that too. I've been um, instructing uh, two of the adults and one of the children and um, on, on ukulele and, and guitar and then a little bit on bass. And uh, I, I want everybody to play. I want the whole church to play. Everybody should play. Yep. <laughs> That's a good vision. Yeah. Number three, plan in advance. And we've already mentioned this, but the idea that if you, you know, pick out songs and people show up on rehearsal night and they've never seen them, there's no way for people to advance. They're always going to be, you know, trying to catch up. And so as much as possible, plan in advance. We we have like a hybrid, it seems like, in, in our world where if there's a song that we really want to try this new, we will put it on the docket for three or four weeks down the road just so everybody can know, oh, wow, that song's in there. I better do something with that. And then we kind of just leave a little bit of space to say, okay, what songs are really going to match? Like, you know, if, if the preacher thinks of something the week before, then we can say that, that we're going we're gonna to put this in, especially if we already know it. That's not a problem at all. But the songs you know are, you know, you got to balance it for your congregation's sake. Um, but the songs you know aren't the ones that really stretch you because you mm-hmm. already got it. At times that does backfire because I'll put in a song I think everybody knows, but the electric guitar player that week has never played it because mm. they've never been on, you know, just by random chance, they've never been on the week that we did that song. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of uh, kind of keeping a little bit tighter repertoire for any given season so that everybody gets a chance to learn them all. I wonder what it would be like to um, use uh, one of the streaming services, Spotify. I use YouTube Music, uh, Prime, whatever, whatever stream music. Create a playlist for that week, and then you can send that one playlist out for everybody on Monday and say, hey, listen to these, get familiar with them. Yeah. Or if that's the same thing that happens on the planning center, I haven't got that far on planning center yet, but yeah, planning center does something similar to that. Like you can hit the rehearsal mode and um, play it through your app if you want. It's not as you know, it's probably a little more clunky than just Amazon playlist, but hmm. uh, but you can't change the keys on those playlists. I mean, you can just oh. let them be in people's hearts and minds. They just know the song, and then you get yeah. there and the keys a little different, and it's fine. Yeah, but it'd be hard to play along with those yeah. unless you are just doing everything in the recorded key, which. Hmm. I don't know of any week that we've done everything in a recorded key. We don't ever. Since I've been here. <laughs> so maybe some songs are, but not every single song, any yeah. given week. So Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's that's an interesting point that, that you, uh, for the planning center, back to the planning center, I, I, I want to pick your brain after yeah. this episode about some things, but um, that you can change the key uh, instead of listening to the, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Number four, instill encouragement. We always want to be uh, building a culture of encouragement with your group. And this this is like the cheerleader side of me and usually like the, you know, almost probably, I mean, I'm sure just as awareness of how I live my life that our praise band and worship team make fun of me behind my back because every time anybody does anything, I'm like, awesome, great. Like I hardly ever say, eh, it wasn't it. Uh, I will try to help direct things and I think we pull it off and make it happen somehow. But, but if you can build a... A, a, just a culture of encouragement with your group for other people to say, oh man, that was great. I mean, that was just awesome. Uh, 
and it's good to celebrate as you see the team growing as opposed to just kind of bemoaning the fact that you're not, you know, whatever, uh, professional music group yet or whatever. And, and that's just a, a big thing. That does catch. You, you start encouraging people and everybody else around you starts doing the same thing. And yep. yeah, I like it. I did hear one time that, um, you can encourage somebody and then a lot of people will say, that was great, but can you do this, do that? And I read a book one time where it said, replace the word, but with now, because, but kind of negates what you just said, but right. now kind of builds on it. So <laughs> instead of saying that was an awesome solo, but next time keep it in time. Mm-hmm. So you say that was an awesome solo. Now this time we're going to try to make sure we stay with the click track. Mm-hmm. Like it's just interesting little twist. And so that. that's like a part of the encouragement culture. That's good. Number five, generate inspiration. I think that some of the times that our group has like grown the most in skill has been when we have seen other musician groups lead. Like you get somewhere, sometimes you just watch the video and it's been a while since we've done that, but um, you You ever take a trip? Yeah. We like, we've gone, I mean, and, and as I'm saying this, it kind of reminds me that maybe we should like up and do this again. But um, we've, one time we farmed everybody out and sent them to churches Hmm. and just went like two by twos Hmm. or three, however many. And, um, I can't remember what we did for music that day here, but everybody went to their own, just different churches and watched, came home, kind of reported. We had lunch and just talked about it. Hmm. And then we've been to mostly conferences is where you really get that opportunity to see. And that's a little bit far fetched because those groups are, you know, playing the same songs every week somewhere Hmm. as opposed to just a Sunday church service. But some of the inspiration has come when people have visited churches and I try to instill that in people that when you're on a vacation or you're on a trip somewhere, don't just skip church, go somewhere else and bring home the, mm-hmm. the, the ideas and the thoughts and how you were inspired by that. Well, I'll volunteer to, um, be on a mission to somewhere on somewhere beautiful. It's, uh, it's January right now during this podcast <laughs> and, uh, somewhere, somewhere warm. I'll, I'll go down there if, uh, if it's funded. Well, we are, um, we're, we're trying to buzz down to, uh, uh, me and my daughter to a, um, re- a live recording at a church called belonging church. Cause they're like, you know, that's, I mean, it seems like every church does that. Their goal is to become the music for the, you know, new generation. And, mm-hmm. and so we're just gonna go to, you know, see, sit and sit, sit in there and be a part of that recording, just see what yeah. happens. And, uh, we've never quite done anything like that, but that's all part of that, you know, generate inspiration. And so that's cool. But yeah, if I have an opportunity to show up that's funded where you can go somewhere warm and watch a worship team, I'll let you know. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you know what? You just said something that reminded me of something. So we've got these Hillsong churches. We've got these these mega churches that are uh, basically recording studios and producers and all that kind of things. And you've got the smaller level of that with with some other churches um, doing some of that. Um, is that – you think that's the future? Um. Well, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, like the idea of like campus churches used to be reserved for mega churches. And now that's like if church hits, you know, two, 250, 300 people, mm-hmm. you start another campus type thing. Mm-hmm. So video preaching, all that has just like become real commonplace. And I also know that um, music, there's two things that indicate a revival in a uh, like a, a new wave. And one of them is prayer when prayer really becomes like a desperate thing. And the second is when music begins to change. And I don't think that's like a, a two-week process. I think that could be like a two or three-decade process. Like mm-hmm. people could look back on this little era and say, wow, that was like a, a new wave. Like, Especially if this leads into an awakening type thing, mm-hmm. which you know gets off this podcast script. But 
the awakening type revival across our nation could happen based on just the the pit everybody kind of agrees that we're in mm -hmm. and so that's like an opportunity and if, if that happened they would look back to some of this new music over the last 10 or 15 years as probably a, a catalyst for some of that mm -hmm. so. i i gotta get off script since we're already off script <laughs> where where do you think music is headed stylistically so we had uh the rise of, of praise and worship in the what 70s or 80s and that had this particular style and now we've got um a lot more electronic instruments involved uh some different kinds of beats we're pulling in um celtic stuff mm -hmm. from the gettys we're pulling in uh some new wave stuff where do you think that that music is going to go stylistically i think in a few years the drummers will start playing snare again yeah <laughs> <laughs> everybody plays a floor tom for every song these yeah. days i'm just kidding um that that's a great question and i have i have no idea like it is true that there's some electronic style stuff that that everybody like seems to resonate to just because it's the sound of mm -hmm. the songs out there but i also think um they'll probably just you know churches get into their kind of like um you know, their authentic kind of like sound and their own little, they're not trying to just mimic everybody. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like becoming out of style, mm -hmm. like just trying to just do exactly what, you know, was recorded on some album somewhere, but writing songs. I mean, like churches can write songs. Yeah. You don't have to have a, usually it's only one or two people that write songs. So that's not a size of church type thing. Mm -hmm. Like churches can really have like heartfelt in that sense. And I also think, um, yeah, that's a great question. I'm not really sure. I had a text yesterday from one of our guys, and he's like, hey, we should do a um, a gospel bluegrass-style Sunday before a certain couple people in our church have to go because mm -hmm. they're going to be you know, transitioning out soon. And I I have those kind of same thoughts, too. I I, uh, I want to see a reggae Sunday, <laughs> where especially like uh, oceans, ding, 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 you know, like yeah. just, just the whole island thing. Uh, but then Celtic, have a nice driving Celtic Sunday and, and uh, some of these other ones. And I struggle with, okay— are we there to be entertained? Are mm -hmm. we there to worship God? How much of that is just me wanting to have a good time? Uh, but also, it it probably does honor God to do oh, really, yeah. really well. I mean, it's, it's great to have just fun type stuff. Like mm -hmm. one one Sunday, we did hee-haw type. Like <laughs> it was Father's Day, and we told jokes. And at the end of each joke, we played a little... And it was just a little segment. It was just purely for giggles. But people remember that stuff. This past Sunday, we did a, and the, and I know churches do this all the time. Maybe it was, it felt to me like tonight show type feel, but instead of doing an opening song, we just did an opening jam oh, and wow. just let the electric guitar player play, keyboard player, everybody just did their stuff. We, we literally just picked out, you know, two different sets of two different three chord combinations and did one for a long time, then did a short interlude that did another one for a long time. It was, it was really simple, but Everybody afterwards, like I had a text from somebody after that on that afternoon. It's like, what song was that you guys played this morning? <laughs> I have no idea. We were just messing around. Yeah. And then that song got done. And everybody just came up. And we have had Sundays where we've done like sit in a semicircle and really have upright bass, banjo, and violin. Just mm -hmm. do like a, a, a bluegrass fiddle-ish type Sunday. Mm -hmm. And um, and other times we'll just have somebody walk up and do a special song mm -hmm. that has that feel. and And so – that's a, that's just a, a lot of different ways you could do that. And people, people love it. I think in our church culture, we have like the special music mindset because we have a yeah. traditional service too. So there are some people and that are totally used to learning an entire song, rehearsing and everything, 
and then showing up on Sunday and singing one song. Mm-hmm. And in a worship band world, that's not very common. Mm-hmm. Usually everybody's down there, you know, all in for all five songs. Mm-hmm. So recently I've noticed that we've shifted that ever so slightly. And if the person who's singing a song that really fits with the message is in the traditional worship and does it, we'll have the pianist and that person come down and also do it in our own service. And the tapestry of wild worship band, you know, cranking out mm-hmm. the rhythm and the beats and everything, and then going to a piano and one singer, that's like a great like yeah, good flow of worship. Yeah. And so people just love that. Nice. So that's been interesting. So I don't think you necessarily have to do a whole Sunday. You can just do a song. Yeah. Like for, you know, whatever time slot, just here's our reggae song for the day. Very cool. <laughs> Good luck. I'm, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Before we finish up on our list of ideas, we want to take a moment to thank Don and ProLarm for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You may have never thought about it, but having a keypad entry to the church building with a code really makes so many things easier and this is just one of the many things a great security system person can do give them a call today 618-887-4803 or go to proalarm.net and we're back with number six of seven things to help your people grow in skill number six is include guests in worship I don't know if this is a culture for every worship team, but we've had a lot of people that have come and just led worship now and then, or will come as like a friend of somebody and just play along with us on a special thing. And I've just found when we include guests with worship, um, our team winds up doing even better than usual. And it's almost like having a guest in your home, like you clean the house really well and you make things fun and you entertain well because there's somebody there. And so there's a desire to be what you really want to be when somebody else is there to kind of be in a sense, an audience for your team, like how you live life. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. This uh, We wrote this little blog post slash podcast, podcast script, um, you know, two or three weeks back. But just this past Sunday, our bass player that was scheduled couldn't make it, and, and that exact scenario happened. It was hilarious. So the keyboard player has a friend he plays with in another band, and so he brought along a guy who, you know, lives in a neighboring town, and the guy played bass. So he came to rehearsal, came Sunday, and it's not like, you know, he's obligated to lock into our schedule and be here forever, but we got to meet somebody new and everybody really embraced him. And it was, he was a great bass player and it was just fun to like have him there. And so that overall kind of helps the skill level raised in, in everybody that's involved. So. Uh, I wonder if we should be more intentional in doing like a, like foreign exchange student system with uh, other churches, well, a leader, worship leader exchange. There, there is, de- I mean, that is definitely something to think about. I mean, there are people who, um, in the worship world, like the church we're going to for this recording, they actually have like a little university where they've they've connected with a, a university, and mm-hmm. you go to this church for two years and learn the art of worship ministry leading, and you get your degree from this university. Wow! So that that like the idea of sitting in a classroom to become a worship leader is like kind of hard to compute, but mm-hmm. just being a part of a church. So that's why so many people grow up, you know, they're in high school, college, they're part of a worship team, then they become a worship leader somewhere because they have experience in the background of that. So that's like one side of things. And so most worship leaders I know are homegrown. Mm-hmm. Like I hardly know any worship leaders that have a worship leader degree. And and so that's like an interesting part. But the other part of that is, is that when I have been asked to come be a guest worship leader at places, um, on a number of occasions, I've like just worked with their band. So I just show up on Saturday afternoon and uh, rehearse with this worship team that they have the music in advance and we all know what's going on. 
but we just get to meet him and work together. And we go eat supper, discuss a little bit, and then we just, you know, crank out the Sunday morning stuff. And I've done that a lot of times, and it's been awesome. Nice. And we've done that here to some degree, but it's usually been people that we kind of know. Like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to be around, I'll say, who wants to, you know, lead worship? And if nobody in our church can, or it doesn't fit in the schedule, I'll invite somebody from other music worlds that I'm in, and mm-hmm. I'll say, hey, can you come to our church and lead? Mm-hmm. And so they'll show up on Wednesday night, and show up on Sunday and do it, and mm-hmm. see what happens. So we, what, uh, that kind of describes what you're saying, like yeah. a little internship. I like, like it. Like a foreign exchange. <laughs> yeah. Foreign exchange. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> worship exchange student. Worship exchange student. I, I mean, like somebody coming from a really big church would be able to go to a smaller church and say, hey, we could try this, try this, try this. Yeah. And opposite for the other way, they get to church like, ooh, everything. I, I can't imagine someone from a big church coming to a small church and saying, okay, um, where's your click track? Yeah. <laughs> What are you talking about? Click track. Yeah, that's true. Uh, true story. When you said, um, talking about going to university and sitting in a classroom learning worship, uh, I went to Greenville College over uh, about uh, 94, 95, something like that. And they had this new class at interterm called Leading Praise and Worship. And I thought, oh, this will be an easy A. I've done all the church camps and all that kind of stuff. No problem. Well, we showed up and it was uh, not chord charts. It was actual... Uh, sheet music staves and tabs and, 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 uh, that kind of thing. And I had no skill in that. And mm. it was the first assignment was to take this one key and put it, uh, this one song and put it in three different keys and write it for three, four different instruments and that kind of thing. And I, I had to drop out of that and I was a little bit disappointed, but I thought it was going to be easy. A, but, um, yeah, I mean that kind of stuff you probably would have to learn in a classroom. That's true. And there, there are also, um, when I, when I said that, that I don't know many that have a degree, the degrees are definitely growing. I mean, there's a lot of schools mm-hmm. that have worship, ministry degrees now that mm-hmm. didn't necessarily in the old days it was church music degree like yeah. learn the organ yeah all the all the things you just described all the hymns but uh yeah it's it's a different time yeah well the last one number seven model growth in skill and this could just be a question to both of us how do we basically learn new stuff like how, how do i increase my skill i wind up if i pull my guitar out i play the same little riff every single time like mm-hmm. i am in a I mean, I heard somebody say there's a fine line between a groove and a rut, but I'm yeah. definitely in a rut with that. Like, I just play that every single time. I like that. I'm going to use that. And um, so if you learn a new song or if you arrange or add a little musical aspect to leadership or, you know, pull in some instrument or try a new instrument, hmm. um, then you're basically modeling that same thing and others will kind of catch on to that. Yeah. So there have been a handful of Sundays I've played with the, you know, led with the keyboard mm-hmm. and that's like a stretch for me. And... um a few weeks back, I played drums with the youth ministry. Nice. That was that was interesting and different. But basically, if we're going to be on this mission to invite people to grow in skill, mm-hmm. then we have to be in that mix. Yeah. And that's what helps build that. Yeah. Um, I definitely I try to encourage uh, the one gentleman from India. He's about 21 years old, and he lives down the street uh, from the church. He's going to SIU. He he plays a couple things, and so I encourage him to play a couple more things because he's he just loves music. Um, and I I enjoy trying to play new styles. Uh, there's some of the gospel music that uses really complicated chords that probably should be played on piano instead of guitar. Mm-hmm. But I'll attempt them. I'll attempt them. <laughs> and then of course playing electric that's that's a bit of a stretch for me too. So. Yeah, all that is good. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts today? Well, if I had to come up with something, I guess it would be that it's important to know the reason behind the raising of the skill level and all these challenges and all this expectation talk. 
And that's really just to do the best in the worship ministry for the glorification of the Lord and the building of the church and faith in others. And so we never want to like get that backwards. Like if skill becomes our primary thing, then we're in trouble. Yeah. Like the, the church is about art and the church is about using our gifts, but um, we have to keep the mission, the main mission. Amen. So, well, I think that's a wrap. Thanks to each of you for joining us today. Don't forget to rate, share, and subscribe to this podcast that comes out about every other Thursday morning. You can find out more at worshipleadertoolbox.com. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Number four, install encouragement. Install encouragement. I said in. Oh, no. Which, which also is cool. Install. Yeah, you know. Okay, I like it. How do you install encouragement? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Now I got the church giggles. 